Sometimes people ask, how old is this church? So if you're referring to the church building, it's probably around 60 years old. If you're referring to our Melkite Catholic community here in Orange County, it's around 45 years old. But if you're asking how long we've been at this location, we've been here around 20 years. But our church goes back further than this building, than our time in Placentia, or our time in Orange County. Therefore, a more accurate answer to the question, how old is this church, is it's approximately 2,000 years old. Some churches celebrate their 50th or 100th anniversary and celebrate that as a really big deal, which it is a great accomplishment. Some churches have, as part of their history, founded by Pastor Billy or Pastor Johnny. That's also a big deal if that person wrote a few books and is, is fairly popular. But our church, with all our imperfections and despite our smallness, was founded by none other than Jesus Christ and the apostles. It wasn't founded in Placentia. It wasn't founded in Orange County. It was founded in Jerusalem. And our church grew by the witness and faith of the apostles. Twelve of them in the, in the time of Jesus, but also extending to hundreds by the time of the apostolic age. All these apostles and the apostles of the apostles, men and women, were ready to die for their faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. This was the establishment of our church. There are very few churches mentioned in the New Testament. The first letter in the New Testament is to the Church of Rome. So if you go to Rome today, you will see the Vatican, and you will also find other Roman Catholic churches. The Roman Catholic Church has its origins back in the foundations of Rome, even before Saints Peter and Paul went to Rome and were killed there by the Romans. For the last 2,000 years, the Church of Rome, that is the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, the Church of Rome, sent missionaries around the world, and so today, the Roman Catholic Church is found throughout the whole world. The New Testament, in addition to the Church of Rome, mentions many other churches. And in the New Testament, we should be very proud that the establishment of our Melkite Catholic Church is right there in the Acts of the Apostles. In fact, in the New Testament, it's the book of the Acts of the Apostles is before the letter of St. Paul to the Romans, right after the four, four Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Very often, people forget where Jesus was born, where Jesus was raised, where Jesus traveled, and where Jesus died and rose from the dead. In fact, I teach a class once a year to a high school and that's the first question I ask them. And unfortunately, many don't know, even in a Catholic high school, in a, in a religious studies class. We need to know. We need to remind people where Jesus was born, where he was raised. And we should be proud in our church that some of us are born or have visited these areas or have ancestors that go back 
to this very areas where Jesus was born, where Jesus was raised, and where Jesus walked, and where the disciples established actual churches. We should be proud of this, but not as an ethnic connection, which is often a misunderstanding of our Melkite Eastern Catholic Church. Not as an ethnic connection. We are not celebrating, as unfortunately some people say, you know, Jesus is my cousin. Jesus was from my hometown. The apostles hung out in our neighborhood. That actually is completely irrelevant. Completely. And doesn't help us one little bit. So if when you get to heaven, you say, you know, I'm from southern Lebanon. And Jesus came to southern Lebanon. He's going to say, so what? Or if you're going to try to find St. Paul and say, you know what? You were converted in Damascus. I'm from Damascus. You know what St. Paul's going to tell you? So what? Or if you're from Jordan and you're going to talk about the River Jordan. You know how important the River Jordan is in the New Testament and in the Old Testament? You're going to get a lot of so what's up in heaven. We don't have an ethnic or a geographical connection to Jesus and to the apostles and to the places where they, where they lived. We have a historical connection of faith, a faith that was established by Jesus and that we still live and proclaim. That is our claim to fame if we have one. Many important cities and places in the Acts of the Apostles are found in the Middle East. And today we read the, from the epistle, from the uh, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, where it says, In Antioch the disciples were, for the first time, called Christians. Even this word sometimes is misunderstood. Today some people ask, are you Catholic or are you Christian? You've heard that before? Well, we are Catholic Christians, and our church is found in the Acts of the Apostles. We are the Christians that are universal, that are Catholics, that belong to the whole of the community, not just to a particular street or a particular area. When you read the Acts of the Apostles, you hear many names and places and many cities. In fact, Jesus told his disciples to not to stay in Jerusalem. He told them to go out into the whole world. At the beginning of the Acts of the Apostles, he says, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Starting in one place, but going out universally. And that's why we read today the Gospel of the Samaritan Woman, reminding us that this was not just an idea that the Apostles had to go to the ends of the world, Jesus, during his life and ministry, began to speak to people who were outside his own group. The Acts of the Apostles also tells us about the spread of Christianity in other parts of the Roman Empire. Chapter 15 says, Paul and Barnabas passed through Phoenicia, that is Lebanon today. They passed through Samaria, and they reported the conversion of the Gentiles and they gave great glory to all the brethren. And then towards the end of the Acts of the Apostles, we read of the conversion of St. Paul. And he says, As I made my journey and drew near Damascus, about noon a great light from heaven 
suddenly shone about me, and I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And I answered, Who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. So we don't claim an ethnic connection, but we claim something far more important, being Melkite Catholic. We claim an apostolic connection. When we speak of tradition, sometimes people think this is something that we do or we did sometime way far back. Sometimes people think of tradition as human traditions. So for example, in our family, we have a tradition of having cranberry sauce with our turkey. That's a tradition. In our family, we have a tradition of getting together on Christmas Eve at 3.57 and eating something special. That's tradition. When we speak of tradition in the church, we are not talking about human traditions that come, they go, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. We are talking about holy tradition, divine tradition. And that's what St. Paul talks about in his letter to the Corinthians. For I deliver to you of, as of first importance what I also received. The word here in Greek is tradition. I tradition to you what I myself received. Therefore, St. Paul doesn't tell us, I'm telling you something new, I'm teaching you something new. St. Paul rather says, I'm handing on to you the faith of the apostles that came before me, and that is the faith of the death and resurrection of Christ. The full verse is, I delivered to you as a first importance what I also received. This is the tradition that we want to hold and grow in. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried. That he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve, and then to many others. That is the holy tradition that we are celebrating. Not the tradition of the shape of this building, not the tradition of how we sing, but the holy tradition of our faith in Jesus Christ. This tradition is holy tradition. This tradition is a living tradition. They say that there is a difference between tradition and traditionalism. And they say tradition is the living faith of those who have passed away. But traditionalism is the dead faith of those who are living. Therefore, if we are only holding to traditions of customs, then we have no claim to apostolic authority. But if we are holding to the tradition of faith, that is the death and resurrection of Christ, that he rose from the dead and that he appeared to many and that he appears to us and that we grow in our faith because of that holy tradition that we have received, then we have not only acknowledged that our faith is founded in the New Testament, but it's also in the New Testament of our world today. St. Paul and the apostles did not remain in Jerusalem, in Antioch, or Rome, but they went throughout the whole world. They followed the teachings of Christ, who at the end of the Gospel of Matthew said, Go therefore, make disciples of all the nations, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And that's exactly what they did. And that's why today I wanted to focus on this topic, because we sometimes come to church for the wrong reason. 
or we sometimes come to church not fully appreciating that we believe that we believe and belong to a historic and apostolic church. We need to know our history. We need to know the difference between traditions of having certain luncheons or having certain events and having the holy tradition that we are living. And we need to know and appreciate that this faith is living in our life, not simply something that we heard about or something that our parents handed on or our grandparents handed on to us. The Melkite Church is not an ethnic church. It is a church as is the Church of Jesus Christ, founded in the Acts of the Apostles, for all nations, extending to all nations. That doesn't mean that certain nations may appreciate it, but it is for all nations. And this is what it means to be Catholic. The word Catholic means universal or belonging to the whole. You cannot actually be a church if you are a church only for yourself. A friend of mine wrote a book called Divine Renovation, moving your church from maintenance to mission. If all your church ever does is fix its walls and take care of yourself, then you are not a church. If all you welcome in your church is, a, is people that you know and you like or are relatives to you, then you are not a church. The, the definition of a church is that it's a place where people grow in their faith and have an opportunity to share that faith with absolutely everyone around us. This is what it means to be a faith that is rooted in the life of the apostles and what it means to be a Catholic, a universal church. If you look at the Catholic church today, it's actually a miracle. You have over one billion people in all countries of the world believing the same thing. And what we believe is found in the Catechism of the Catholic Church and a variety of other books. We have today, historic or geographically, a unity of faith. What we read today um, from the Acts of the Apostles and the Gospel of John, we read in every single Melchite Catholic Church around the world. That's pretty amazing. I didn't get up this morning and say, today I want to read this or that letter or that section. What we read in a Roman Catholic Church this morning is what we read in every single Roman Catholic Church around the whole world, in every single language that the church is found in. That in itself is an amazing feat, that there is that geographical unity. In addition to that geographical unity, we have a historical unity. In other words, what we believe today is not put, to get put out by me as a, as a belief statement for you as a community, but it is a belief that has been handed on for the last 2,000 years and that has been believed all the way back to the time of Jesus and the Apostles. So therefore, we have a geographical unity, being universal, Catholic, belonging to the whole, but we also have a historical unity that goes on, pick any date, 1542, 1287, 1150, 986, the same faith that we proclaim and teach today is historically traced and rooted back to the time of the Apostles. So where does this lead us? Should we, proud, should we be proud of this? Yes. But being proud of something also leads to a responsibility. We have a responsibility to pass on our holy faith, our divine faith, our apostolic faith. Not as an idea, not as a landmark, 
not as something that we study in a museum or in a book about history, but as something that we live, that we reflect upon, and that has a real effect on our day-to-day life. That's why our Sunday school program, our youth program, our young adult program, our college student program, and also our faith formation programs that we need to develop for adults is a core aspect of what it means to be a church and what it means to be a healthy church rooted in the faith of the apostles. This is what it means to be a living church, not a building, not a group of people that get together to see each other or to celebrate a variety of things, but a living church, a real church, an apostolic church, a historical church, a universal Catholic church, is one that is rooted in the faith of the apostles and built upon the death and resurrection of Christ and how that affects our day-to-day life. Therefore, today, above all, I wanted to reflect and emphasize the fact that we have, number one, a very beautiful history. We have a history that traces itself historically, not just in theory that we say, oh, it goes back to times. Open up books, read, uh, read the lives of the saints. We can trace our faith back historically. Last year, we were blessed to have Patriarch Joseph. The Patriarch of Antioch came to visit us. What does that mean? That means his predecessor was ordained by his predecessor, by his predecessor, all the way back to the time of Peter was in Rome. And the popes as well. You go to some churches in Rome, and you can see an entire list of popes from the time of Peter up until today. We need to be proud of that faith. But in addition to being proud of that faith, we need to know our faith. Know our faith on a daily basis. Try to grow in our knowledge of our faith in a variety of ways. By reading the scripture, by reading church history, by reading the lives of the saints, and realizing how that faith has been lived in different cultures, at different times, and in different places throughout the world. We need to know our faith, and we need to know our future. We need to know that our church is 2,000 years old, founded by the apostles and Jesus Christ, and most importantly, lived by us and shared by us as a faith that is not of the past, but a faith that is of the present and of the future.